Welcome, everybody, to Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM uh, every Tuesday from 5 to 6, but we got a little half-hour start here uh, this afternoon. I am dealing with a head cold today, so you're just going to have to deal with that. Um, tonight, today, this early evening is dedicated to the UBC Thunderbird men's basketball team and the CIS men's basketball tournament. I am going to start the show off on a very, very somber note. For UBC Thunder men's basketball fans, on the show today, we're going to have Jordan Yu, uh, former coach, former player, did the color commentary with me on the weekend in Halifax, which was a wonderful time. He's on us with 545. Vern Knopp, assistant coach for UBC, always a great friend of the show. He'll be with us. The eventual champions, Carlton Ravens head coach Dave Smart, will be on with us at 5 o'clock. And Kyle Watson, who did a lot of color with me. On the weekend, all three games, I was in Halifax, will be with us at 440. Uh, the big game on the weekend, though, uh, if you don't already know and you're following this team, Saturday, uh, taking on the Trinity Western Spartans. The winner of that game goes to the National Championship game, a team that UBC destroyed twice during the year, both times in Langley at Trinity Western. And really, they have dominated since Trinity Western came into the league. Uh, and... They've never lost them a playoff series before, dating all the way back to 2003. Well, the biggest game the team's ever played, the national championship semifinal game. Uh, Kyle Watson's going to be on with us right after the end of this one. Uh, excuse my voice here. I, I'm, I've got a head cold, but I'm here, right? Anyways, I'm going to play uh, the last about four minutes uh, in real time of this broadcast, UBC and Trinity Western. Um... I debated whether to do it, but I just had to uh, in the end. So here it is. Um, I don't know. The screen only lets me pick up at X point. So here it is. Last like 344 minutes of real time, UBC, Trinity Western. Let's find out where we're at. But it was a really close game. And uh, just, yeah, wow. Okay, here it goes. 22 on the game clock. Outside left. Tomorrow's had a steal. It's Westbrook driving. Heavy to kick it. 10 on the shot. It is strong on the first. Top of the circle. Outside right is Josh. 12. 10 on the clock. Here in the fourth quarter, JY. 22 on the game clock. Outside left. Tomorrow's had a steal. It's Westbrook. Driving. Having to kick it. 10 on the shot clock. Throws it right side. Porter. Costin for three. Good. Timeout UBC. Great defensive possession by UBC. The rotation got the ball to Costum for a wide open look and hits the three. 11.6 seconds to go. Look for the ball to get to Josh. Quick, quick score. They're going to try to go for the quick one. Plenty of time left. Garrett, he kept all of 
minor technical difficulty there, folks. Just so you know, currently it is uh, Trinity Western in front 74-72. UBC was up uh, by a point until Kyle Costin just hit that three-pointer. UBC has now called timeout, and this is going to take us to the final possession. Sorry for that little technical difficulty there, but um, here's where we're at. That's where we're at. That three just gave Trinity Western a two-point lead from Kyle Costin with 11.8 seconds to go. To get to the hoop, draw a foul. Hey, one foul to get two shots. They're not going to sell for an outside shot, that's for sure. 11.6 seconds. 74-72, Trinity in front. UBC I'd say expect to put Melvin Mayotte in the game right now, but... Uh, hey, you has just checked like in. Do you dare take the three? Yep, you do. You can. It's not the play that they're going to look. They're going to drive. If it's there, they're going to look for the easy two. Um, when it comes down to it, though, if they kick it out, you got to pull the trigger. And then you got to hit the crash. you got to hit the glass. Make sure they don't run one back down your throat. Big shot by Kyle Costner. After he says he chokes, he's pulling home. Very pro Trinity crowd here, as uh, everybody likes to see an upset. Alex Murphy to inbound the ball at half court. Timeout Trinity Western. Timeout Trinity Western wanted to see what kind of play UBC is running. Uh, to be totally honest, it's not a setup that I have seen before. This looks like a quick hitter. Looks like Scott has, you know, probably has scouted the plays that we normally run in our uh, final seconds. Looks like a different look. Got Alex Murphy inbounding the ball. Interesting look. Could be coming back to Alex Murphy. Um, but I see the ball getting into Josh. in the CIS National Championship game tomorrow. Now we got to stand up at this point, boys. I think I, mean, I feel bad for the people behind us, but this point you can't sit down. Uh, 11.6 seconds to go. Been a classic. No point about it. Well, we'll see what kind of... Yeah kind of guts these guys have. They are notorious for winning. Uh, they're not too often put in this situation. So we'll see what Kev Hansen draw it up if he changed his play since the last one. But uh, I still see Alex Murphy coming out, uh, inbounding the ball. Watch for Nathan Yu to come off the top screen off Kamar Burke and Doug Plum. Josh White to follow. Uh, ball into Josh White. Here comes the inbound. It is Josh White. Back to Alex. Top of the circle. Eight seconds to go. Alex, take the shot. Bob a little bit. Here's Doug Plum. Just come on, Burke for three. Short. Trinity's won the game. 74 72. Trinity Western upsets UBC. It was, I hate to say it, guys, it's probably one of the toughest losses. UBC has ever had in the Kevin Hansen era. So that was uh, the weekend. UBC getting eliminated in the CIS semifinal national championship. They beat Acadia in the first game. They won the bronze versus Saskatchewan, but 
Well, that wasn't what they were there for. The big loss to Trinity Western, 74-72 on the Saturday. With us on the line, Kyle, how you doing? Kyle Watson, our color commentator for the weekend. My roommate, Kyle, what's the story here? How you doing? I'm doing well, so that's how I sound on radio, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Kyle? How's, how's your voice working out for you over there? No, it's working out. I think I've had a day of recovery here, so uh, I'm a little bit rested from yeah. the weekend. There you go. Uh, really, really, you're actually, I, I'm still struggling, Kyle, but I'm older than you, so. I know, I'm used to it. What are you going to do? Uh, Kyle Watson with us right now. Uh, Kyle, uh, you're a former player, of course, on this team. Made it to the national championship game with UBC. The last two years you were with them, got knocked out in the first round by Brock, your first team with them. In your experience with the UBC basketball program, where does this Trinity Western loss rank, Kyle? Well, I mean, the last two years uh, that I played, it, we lost in the final, so that definitely hurt. But uh, pride-wise, losing to Trinity Western, uh, it kills. Um, you know, I mean, they didn't win, uh, which was kind of a benefit, I guess, to the UBC guys, the players, everyone on the team. But in the same sense, this was their year. This is one of the only years that, uh, you know, they have left uh, potentially in the CIS. So uh, a tough loss, definitely. Uh, Kyle, I talked to uh, assistant coach Randy Knorr um, the day after you guys lost. It was the day of the bronze medal game win. It was that night, the Sunday night. And I just asked him, how you doing, Randy? And his words to me were, we should have just won our second straight national championship. That's how he felt. He didn't say three, Kyle. It sounded like that Carlton game two years ago was going to be a real tough matchup. But according to Randy, do you agree this team should have won two titles? Uh, I definitely agree this year that uh, they should have won. And I definitely agree last year. uh was if not a better opportunity so so i mean it should have definitely been two i think three would have been uh would have been great we put ourselves in the opportunity against carlton that first year making it to the finals but uh i mean that was going to be a battle and and uh carlton came out hard on that one so i i i think it would have been <laughs> this kind of play on words but safe to say we should have won too right right yeah uh kyle you did that game with me i loved having you on those broadcasts what happened? I mean, it's been a couple days now. What happened in that Trinity Western game? Especially, you're going to look at the score sheet, that third quarter, and really the offense in the second half. Yeah, I don't think coming in you would have expected that uh, the UBC offense would have been something that uh, affected them because, you know, that's, that's the style they play. They score a lot of points, and to be held down to 72 points is something that, you know, uh, you can't explain it necessarily. The guys can't explain it. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I, I think I think they didn't play their game. They didn't play it offensively. If you hold a, a team such as Trinity to 74 points, I mean, I didn't think their defense was flawless. But I mean, if you hold a team to 74 points, you'd expect, you know, if you went in pregame and said we're going to hold them to 74 points, UBC thinks they're going to win the game. So I just don't think uh, things ran so smoothly. And, and it is a credit to Trinity and the fact yeah. that they clogged up the lane pretty well and. And if you got past anyone, they were setting up for a charge. So it's a tough situation, and uh, it just seemed they weren't clicking. I don't know, uh, you know, Josh with a, playing with a broken foot that no one knew about. You know, that, that hurts the offense. Um, maybe mentally hurts them as well, um, as obviously the team knew, um, but not everyone knew outside of that. So it could have hurt, but, I mean, it, it sucks to watch them score 110 points, the most uh points by two teams combined ever scored in the tournament the next day in the bronze medal.
but uh, it just seemed they're a little tight. Uh, you mentioned Josh White, uh, 30 minutes, 3 for 15 shooting, 12 points, play with a broken foot, but you said something to me right there, Kyle. They look kind of tight, and honestly, as a broadcaster, I felt kind of tight in that game. Uh, your feelings, your thoughts on why UBC was so tight. Was it that they were playing Trinity Western and it suddenly got close and it was just like, oh boy, is this actually happening? This is a nightmare right now. Your thoughts, why were they tight? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first half scoring 40 points, you know, they they looked good. They, they scored their baskets by running the break um, and passing and sharing the ball. They looked like they were just breaking down the defense of, of the Spartans. But come second half, once... Once they went on that, that quick run um, and couldn't get any stops on, on defense, that's when they started to get tight. And, and, you know, UBC has a lot of talent, and that's, what they, that's why they've done so well. And sometimes when that, it comes down to it, you know, everybody kind of wants to do it themselves, and, and uh, the ball just doesn't move, or, you know, they don't want to turn the ball over, so it's, the ball's not moving as well. And I, I think kind of went away from the drive and kick to a, a Nathan Yu or a Melvin Mayo for three. Um, you know, I, th- I thought Murphy got in the lane well, and I thought Josh got in the lane well, but, it, you know, they, they missed some, some easy shots down low, and or they missed some tough shots that maybe should have been a kick. So it was just, uh, it was almost, shoot, maybe we, we could actually lose this, and that's when, uh, you know, maybe the tightness of, the game uh, affected their decisions mentally. Yeah, because Kyle, the two stats that you know you look at when a UBC team might lose is really rebounding. They did get out rebounded fifty to forty one. Uh, they did give up thirteen offensive rebounds to seven. I thought that was a real big stat, though. Come to think of it, because there were a lot of offensive rebounds that Trinity didn't corral. But you got to credit Tyrell Mare in that game for Trinity. He had eight rebounds, but it seemed like he caused a lot of plays where. He didn't necessarily get the offensive rebound, but he had it go off of a UBC player and a fresh shot clock for the Thunderbirds. But outside of Kamar Burke, UBC dominated on the glass in that game, it seemed. Yeah, it, those those rebounds that go off a couple hands and then out and then go to the Trinity, uh, that's what team are called, you know, the team rebound. Uh, that's because no one corralled it and, and got it, got the ball securely. Uh, so it's the team rebound. So, I mean, it was a big big thing it's always been a big thing in nationals that if you're gonna, gonna win the game you gotta win the offensive uh, and defensive rebounding and uh it's just something that we as a team knew to make the next step and get further would be to secure those and and i don't know without kamar burke i mean you know he i think he had 15 or 13 boards or something like that but without him i don't know where the team would be having said that i also told you that he flies and takes rebounds away from a lot of guys on the team. So we could have been in good position. Credit to Graham Bath. He, uh, he creates space and box out guys, uh, and someone else can take a rebound. But uh, Graham Bath wasn't in that game too much because of uh, the poor, dare I say it? Yeah, you can say whatever the hell you want. Officiating? <laughs> well, I'll put you this way. Graham Bath, and here's the story, everybody. And I, at one point, Kyle, in that third quarter, J.Y., of course, our other color commentator who coaches for Capilano, he can't say anything. You, no offense, Kyle, wouldn't say, or maybe i just done this long enough, I know, just to go off the handle every now and then. I don't know. But I stood up and said, the officiating in this game is absolutely horrible, and I wasn't necessarily calling it so against UBC, but the fact that the refs in that third quarter and late in the second quarter took the games away from the teams 
and we're we're almost becoming the show. And I thought it was really disgusting. And the preeminence of it, and I talked to a prominent Trinity player on uh, Sunday night, and he told me Graham Bath fouling out 5,004 minutes. He said Graham got screwed in that game. A Trinity player told me that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to the Trinity guys, and and they're scared of Graham Bath. <laughs> um, and sometimes I would be too, but, yeah, I just don't think uh, – no matter how physical and h- how you play, you're never going to get five fouls in four minutes. And when he's going to be guarding uh, Trinity's most valuable player, and Jacob Dirksen, um, Jacob Dirksen doesn't play any different than Graham does. I mean, Jake's a very talented player in the fact that he offensively, but in the grand scheme of things, he plays the exact same game as Graham Bass. And and how many fouls does he have? <laughs> I just I don't I just don't see five fouls in four minutes ever happening. Yeah, uh, it can can't happen. Uh, Jacob and, Dirk- and all Graham could do was just laugh. Yeah, Jacob Dirksen had three fouls in thirty four minutes. Basically, kind of looking at the game, you know, you could go off on the officiating. You see officiating go one way or another a lot. Um, I, I'm I, I'll accuse the officials for calling it horribly in late in the second and the third quarter with all the fouls they're calling. But as far as anti UBC, I'm not going to say anything except I will say Graham Bath got screw jobbed in that game. That's what I'll say. And I didn't bring it up to the Trinity player. I brought it up to the Trinity player. He confirmed it to me. But uh, I will say that I think we can agree Graham Bath officiating that was a story for UBC. He didn't get it. It was almost like predetermined. He, they were going to call him tight that game, hey? Yeah, I think um, on that note, the, the refs did do a good job in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and and to say that it did have a big impact because Graham wasn't in there, well, yeah. the other guys that stepped up were Kamar Burke, Doug Plum, and Brent Malish. Because Kamar, uh, Jacob Dirksen wasn't the factor in that no. game. He wasn't the factor. It was Kyle Costin. Kyle Costin, uh, your buddy. Uh, once again, Kyle, tell us what he said to you, because I actually didn't have it on the clip just before he came on there. Tell us the story, Kyle Costin, and what he did. What a story. 23 points, 12 rebounds, hits the big three to knock UBC out with 12 seconds to go, and with about 30 seconds to go, tell us what he came over to our broadcast table and told you. Yeah, well, he's a, he's an 86% free throw shooter. He has confidence in his shot, um, and he stepped up to the line there to, to go up one. Uh, if he made both, and he missed both. Uh, stoppage in play, came back, and he was right in front of us, looks at me, and and just said, I choked. With a and smile I, on his face. And <laughs> I was just I was surprised, and you know what? But that just showed, it, you know, how, uh, I don't know if you said composed or just carefree or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good if someone doesn't, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not going to say care in the moment, but. Uh, just doesn't think about those things. And, uh, yeah, he said that, and I was pretty surprised because I tried to throw myself in his shoes, and <laughs> I would have never said I choked because I would have been, been roaring up there trying to get a steal or something like that or, or put in a garbage chute somehow. But, but uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hits the big shot. Uh, great game for Kyle Costin for Trinity Western there. Uh UBC, Kyle, and you did bring it up on the broadcast, so no worries. Um, you thought Josh White should have got the handle on that last play, hey? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say even even now. I mean, you know, Alex Murphy was 
you know, all world the really, most yeah. valuable player on that team this year, uh, on and off the court, you know, bringing the guys together and and putting up some ridiculous numbers late in the season, um, but also just running that team, keeping them composed, keeping them controlled. It's hard to go against saying giving it to him, but at the same time, you know, whether it's Alex Murphy or Josh White, I mean, I don't think the ability to get to the hoop or anything like that is is different. I, I think that maybe a ref would be maybe more inclined to give Al, uh, Josh White a call in that in that moment of the game. But also, Josh White is really good at uh, uh, getting to the hoop, and I, I think he is, was the go-to player all year round, and I, I think you have to give it to your go-to player um, in that situation, and but you know what? Given the circumstances of Josh uh, with a sore foot and or a broken foot, um, maybe maybe Josh didn't want it. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. But regardless, um, Murphy bobbled the ball, but it didn't matter. It was, maybe it was a good thing he bobbled it. It was a good move. Uh, tossed it off to Doug and gave Kamara an open look. Um, but he didn't hit it. Yeah. And sometimes that, <clears throat> that is where you want your your Josh White, or maybe even Alex Murphy to shoot the ball. What What was the final play? Murphy driving, and then if he didn't have it, a kick out? Was that the final play? Yeah, it, it was different. It was, it was Alex Murphy inbounding the ball to Josh. Josh handing it off to Alex. Alex is going to drive, try and, uh, try and create some traffic, and then maybe kick out, or, or maybe even get a foul call. So I, I, I never asked the, the guys really what the full play was. Um, and last guy, you know, talking to him after the game, just played such a great game on the Friday, played a really good game in uh, the Canada West Championships and against Manitoba in the playoffs. Doug Plum, 27 minutes, no points in that game. He was totally dumbfounded that that happened to him. Yeah, he definitely was. I, I talked to him, and he, he he was pretty upset. He was like, Kyle, man, if I just if I just put one, of the, one layup in, we're just going to overtime. If I just you know, made two shots after scoring 20 points the, the previous game. We're going, we're going to the finals. So a competitive guy, a gym rat, a guy that is so passionate about the game, um, you know, he, he couldn't get it going, and, and he was really upset about that. I mean, we, uh, before the game, we saw him, you know, on the bike, taking <laughs> care of his body, lifting some weights, just getting loose for the game. So mentally he was prepared, and, I just think uh, clogging the lane that Trinity did really threw him off his game a little bit, and and uh, yeah. Kyle, how hard is it though to lose a game? Because I'm sure it happened in your career. You guys didn't win every time, but to lose a game where you know, because that's what it seems like. Besides Kyle Costa, because Jacob Dirksen, 16 points, five rebounds. Calvin Westbrook had the 15 points, but you know nobody besides Costa had a big game for Trinity. Just to know, it seemed that UBC kind of just really wrapped this one up and handed it to that team. That's what it's as rude as it's to say by me. It kind of feels that way a little bit, Kyle. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. You're not the first person that actually said that to me. And uh, they, you know, they said, uh, actually, I was, I was at the Olympic Oval the other day, and, or yesterday, and flew off the plane and went right to play some basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they just said it seemed like UBC came from that. Like, Trinity didn't win the game. Yeah, UBC <clears throat> lost the game and, and handed it to them. So that's uh, I see that, um, especially in the sense that I mean, we're up nine at halftime. So it's a tough one. 
Yeah. Kyle, did it, did it hit you more that they lost? For me, it was weird. It hit me as soon as I got off the plane. What exactly just happened to them? Yeah, I, I mean, it hit me pretty pretty fast right there. That, <laughs> you know, because I was, you know, I was thinking, you know, prior to the tournament that it just would be terrible if they lost to Trinity. You were thinking that before. Also, huh? You know, and, and that's their hope for, for that national championship. And, you know, I, I don't think Trinity gave their best go against the spot uh, against Carlton, uh, but I think it would have been a good matchup with the UBC, and it would have been a nice one to uh, to see. Uh, just a tough go, though. I, I mean, it hit the guys really hard, and it definitely hit the guys hard. Uh, traveling home, you know, picking up their bags, and, and some of those guys are. That's the last time they're going to pick their bags up with the rest of the guys, right? So, yeah, that is a tough one. <clears throat> How bad did people say we were, Kyle, or me especially? <laughs> On the radio? Yeah. <laughs> I just got a call today uh, from one of my friends saying that, Kyle, you actually weren't that unbiased. It was pretty surprising. Um, but uh, I didn't really ask her about you. Because <laughs> I, I knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we'll leave it at that. Well, you you were actually, you, you were the one out of the three of us who held it together on the postgame show on the Saturday, actually. Yeah, well, I, I tried my best. I was, I was in game mode. Yeah, you were in game mode. Me, I was just uh, whatever. It was, it was, it was really hard being right by that Trinity bench when it all happened too. Hey, like wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just salt in the wound. Yeah, I was just salt in the wound. Well, Kyle, it was an absolute pleasure. I've got Dave Smart from Carlton coming on right after the break. Should I ask him anything? What, what, what's a question you got? Uh, ask him. Uh, how he does it, <laughs> in the sense that I feel that, you know, his teams may not be as talented um, sometimes, but they, they run the system really well, and they do what they're told, and, and I don't think it's up to, you know, there's not many variables that come into play sometimes where, where you know, maybe if you just keep running the system, you don't have to worry on necessarily the, the scoring ability of some people. I don't know, something along those lines, because I think Kev and Randy do such a great job recruiting the best guys. Uh, not only personality and talent on on the court, but just great guys in general. And, yeah. and Kev won't take guys that uh, you know don't have the integrity and stuff. So, and he does a great job uh, instilling that into the guys. Awesome stuff, Kyle Watson. Kyle, thanks so much for doing it. I'd say, well, yeah, I hope we do a broadcast again sometime. But I'm afraid to say that because apparently uh, you're too good and you'll just show me up. So I'm not sure how we'll do it. I'm not sure. How <laughs> no we'll... way. I, I learned so much from you this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. How, how you're gonna have trouble drinking so much in ten years? That's what you learned. <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Watson. Kyle, fantastic time with you. Uh, loved having you on the weekend. Great roommate. Appreciated everything, Kyle. Thanks, Dale. Okay. That was Kyle Watson. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to stay with UBC. Whoops. We're going to stay with basketball. Uh, when we're back, Dave Smart, head coach of the national champion Carlton Ravens, is going to be with us. Join the UBC Film Society for their weekly movie screenings in the Subs Norm Theater every Wednesday to Sunday. This week's screenings are... March 14th, come one, come all for Porn at the Norm to see Pirates, the highest budget porn film of all time. March 16th, 17th, 19th, and 20th, catch Another Year at 7 p.m. and Tron Legacy at 9.30 p.m. Friday the 18th at 7, don't miss the Zoolander Beverage Garden. 
Tickets are $2.50 for members and $5 for non-members. For more details and membership information, visit ubcfilmsociety.com. See you at the movies! Are you looking for career information relevant to your arts degree? Come check out Work Your BA, a career workshop series specifically designed for arts students. Find out what you can do with your major, learn how to improve your resume, discover the secrets to networking and much, much more. For more information visit www.arts.ubc.ca forward slash students forward slash work your BA. Hey, what's wrong? Uh, hi, Coach I've been looking for a job we since I came to Canada um, and I haven't found anything. Uh, have you tried WorkLearn? What's WorkLearn? Part-time jobs on campus for international undergraduate students just like us. Help me find a great job that's actually related to my studies. Wow, I'll have to check that out. You should. It's good pay, good experience, and good for your career. Just look for WorkLearn postings at www.careersonline.ubc.ca. You can ask your profs and campus staff if they can create a job for you. To participate in WorkLearn, you must be an international student seeking an undergraduate degree in a participating faculty and registered full-time with a study permit valid for at least six months. For more information, visit www.careers.ubc.ca. Theatre at UBC presents Wild Honey, Michael Frayn's translation and adaptation of the untitled play by Anton Chekhov, played March 16th to 26th in the Frederick Wood Theatre on UBC campus. Wild Honey tells the story of Platonov, a man whose gift with women is both a blessing and a curse. Sexual intrigue is in the air as a widow is courted by multiple oh, hey, coach. suitors, uh, can I just two call lovers you are reunited only to find out they're both now married to other people, I'll call you right back, and a okay. horse thief will stop at nothing to defend the honor of the woman he loves. There will be a discounted preview performance March 16th and a lavish opening night reception on March 17th. Showtime is 7.30 p.m. Don't miss theater at UBC's production of Wild Honey, March 16th to 26th in the Frederick Wood Theater. For tickets and more information, visit theater.ubc.ca. Do you have a child in grades 3, 4, or 5? The Gecko Project is a fun and easy study being conducted by researchers from UBC. We'll drive our mobile lab to your house so there's no hassle and your child will get to play some fun and exciting oh, hey, games with doing? our research assistant. Okay, I'll be with you in like uh, 10 seconds. You and your child will both receive a $25 gift certificate from a local business for your time. Come be a part of the Gecko Project today. To participate or learn more, call 604-827-3426. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, excuse my voice here today. With us on the line right now from the now seven-time national champions in the last nine years, uh, the head coach of the Carlton Ravens, uh, Dave Smart. Uh, coach, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. Congratulations on another national championship. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, coach, got to ask you, uh, 
82 59 winners. Um, you took on two Canada West teams, uh, who we know very well here. <clears throat> here at UBC, uh, Saskatchewan in the semifinal, Trinity Western in the final. Um, tell us about those matchups and what do you thought about those two teams? Well, I mean, I, I, I said before the tournament that uh, I, I kind of felt that, that the uh, three Canada West teams were the three best teams in the tournament. And, uh, you know, we, we hope to be in that, in that group in the semi. And, uh, I, I mean, I think it held true by, by the results. And, and we were fortunate enough to... Uh, to play well Saturday and Sunday. I mean, we shot the ball very well on Sunday. Um, Saturday we shot pretty well, but uh, I mean, Saskatchewan's—they're just a tough matchup, and, and you know, Bear Bear does a lot of a lot of things that are is very difficult to, to defend. And we had we had a game plan, and it's tough to stay for the kids to stay focused on that game plan when you know that you're not going to stop them. You you got to slow him down and sort of take him out of his comfort zone and try to frustrate him. And you know he had his 28, but it, it was kind of done the way we wanted it to be done, and it was kind of done with the ball in his hands, pretty much the majority of the game. And and uh, you know high volume. I, I don't even want to say high volume shooting as much as just high volume time with the basketball. And and we tried to to set some things up so that so that Leafers couldn't get to the offensive boards and the, the shots were taken when when he was in a place where he couldn't offensive rebound because as much as Barrett is a nightmare matchup for us, I think he's a nightmare matchup for everyone, um, Leafers is a huge matchup problem for us, So like around the basket. So we, we just tried to do things to make sure he wasn't around the basket that much. Um, as far as uh, Sunday... No, we we just shot the ball extremely well. They're 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 extremely good basketball team, and um, you know I I think I think experience probably helped a little in terms of guys who have been to the national championships and have been in in national championship games. And I, I think it's not so much that uh, more than one game experience really makes a whole lot of difference, but having no experience. It, it can it can go well or it can go really poorly and and uh, I, I think they came out a little tight. I, I, I would like to say we played really well, but I, I I do think in the first in the first half, especially at the start of the game when we struggled a bit, they were they were uh, feeling a little little tight as well, and they they could have probably got themselves out of that if they had gone up sort of six eight nothing when we were kind of struggling at the offensive end. Uh, yeah, Coach, you looked at your shooting there in that national championship game. 16 for 38 from three-point line for 42, i got to say, 0.1%. And from the field altogether, you shot 42.6%. So, I mean, that's a pretty small differential, and you got to like those numbers. Outstanding three-point shooting in the finals, eh? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we've, we've been the, the best three-point shooting team in the, uh, in the country pretty much the whole year and the best foul shooting team in the country. I mean, we, we, shot, we shoot the ball pretty well, and that's what we talked about Saturday morning after our struggles Friday night shooting the ball. It's, you know, at, at some point you've got you to gotta look at the numbers over a case of uh, 30 games and say, you know, when you lead the country in three-point shooting and you lead the country in free-throw sh- shooting, uh, when you shoot the percentages we shot on, on Friday night, it's, it's got to be mental. It's not physical. And, we, you know, at some point in order to deal with sort of the, the mental issues, you, you got to admit that there's mental issues going on. And I think that's kind of what our guys did is they kind of admitted that they were tight and, to themselves and, and that allowed them to, to have a better chance to get over that tightness. So is that what you got to do, Coach, when a team's feeling a little tight? Uh, you know, seven national championships in nine years. You just admit yourself you're kind of tight. It allows you to move on a little better. Is that what you just said there? Well, I mean, we, 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 don't, we don't run away from it. I mean, we, any, 
any sign of nerves, any sign of of people acting out of character, we we call it out. And and not I mean the coaches do, but the players the players do themselves. And you know it's it's we talk about it in terms of you can't fix a problem until you admit there's a problem. And it's it's no different than if I if I say to someone, hey, can you run the lane harder and and uh, play harder? And they say I am playing hard. I say well. You're either not playing hard or you're lousy. So you can you can tell me which one it is because you're not getting it done. And I'm assuming it's because you're really good but not trying as hard as you could. You're telling me you're trying as hard as it could. So that means you're telling me you're not very good. So which is it? Generally, they admit that they're not working that hard. And it's the same sort of thing with you know the mental part of shooting it. It's it's you know I, I'm I'm fine. I'm not nervous. I'm not uptight. Well, okay. Well, if you're not uptight, you're not nervous, and you're shooting. Two for sixteen. Well, you you stink. So it's you know it's a, I mean it sounds harsh, but we're around each other every day, and it's like I know you don't stink. So let's admit that you're nervous and let's deal with it. And you know, and and then it's a case of how do you deal with it? And it's different with every kid. And you know, and and it's no different. As I say to them, we all did it when when we were in uh, in school and came home with a lousy report card, and mom and dad said, "Why aren't you?" doing better and it's like i'm trying as hard as i can i'm just not that smart it's like well no you're not stupid so just try harder and i mean we all use the excuse that i'm just not good enough it's not a case of hard work or or being nervous and i, I just think guys have to get get over that and wow. admit what the issue is and then fix it is this a is this a philosophy you've had the last 10 years in this big run you've had well, I mean, pretty much, and things change. Like you know, you 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 hope to evolve and learn different ways to do it. And you know, a lot of it is is done. You know, that some people take that as as harsh comments, but it's done as a joke. It's like you know, uh, obviously you're a talented kid, so yeah. let's let's not pretend that it's not something other than your talent that is causing the problems. And it's either going to be effort or or nervousness or tightness or some mental block because we know you're talented we've seen the talent so let's let's get that out of the mix and if you don't want to get that out of the mix then okay then let's have everybody on your team say to you okay you stink can we get someone else on the floor and and it's said as a joke with our team but it's it's a reality in that let's let's move on and deal with the real issues uh coach uh you know and you told it to me, and I did watch you guys, and obviously a great basketball team. But i got to be honest, I didn't think you were going to beat Saskatchewan in that semifinal game. I thought they were going to be too big, and you because I watched the way you offensive rebound in, in this tournament and in past years. I didn't think you'd be able to do that against the Knight Michael Leafers and Nolan Brudel, but you still did it. Uh, do you feel this year, and how do you do it where maybe if you're not as talented as the other team, you still beat them, you're still taken care of? How do you, how do, you do that, Coach? Well, I mean, I think it's a credit to our kids. They play hard. Yeah. I mean, they just—I uh, mean, they didn't—they—they they didn't take a possession off, and it's the only way. And, and they don't—they didn't—they didn't take a possession off on the boards, and it's—it's it's done as a group. And and uh, you know, it'll, it its it, we we as a group, we really make a focus on getting more shots than the other team, and that's by offensive rebounding and trying to control their offensive rebounds and taking care of the ball. And one of those three things, sometimes it's hard to do it when you're smaller and not as not as big as the other team. I mean, sometimes it's hard to keep them off the offensive boards at times. Like you see in Trinity Western, it was, you know, it was a bit of a nightmare trying to keep them off the boards. So the, the goal is to 
make sure it's a nightmare for them on the offensive boards and you know and, and on the other hand take care of the basketball and see if you can you can take them out of the comfort zone and maybe turn it over a little bit more than you and gain some extra shots that way so uh, again we are going to give up some offensive rebounds just because of our lack of size but the fact that we shoot a lot of threes allows us opportunities on on the offensive boards because there's a lot of long rebounds but if if you don't if you don't work hard at it, mm-hmm. you're not getting those offensive rebounds anyway. And I, I just think it's a credit to how hard our kids work. And I, I think our kids realize, you know, that 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 they're they can be the best team in the country, and they were the best team in the country this year, and yeah. they, they they proved it at the end. And and but they're not going to be be the best team in the country on pure talent, they're, like on pure physical talent. They, they got to do it with hard work, intelligence, and skill level. And I think. For the most part, we played as hard as anyone we played against this year, other than a couple of games. I think for the most part, our skill level was, they worked at it, and our skill level was very high in terms of being the best best free-throw shooting team in the country, the best three-point shooting team in the country, one of the best field goal percentage teams in the country, and a team that took care of the ball pretty well. And I think intelligence-wise, you know, in terms of basketball intelligence, I mean, it's hard to judge. It's hard to, but from my standard, I, especially for the youth that we had on the floor, I was pretty happy with the basketball IQ that they performed with it, certainly the, the last weekend of the season. Yeah, Coach, uh, you got a first-year player, CIS Rookie of the Year. Thanks for taking him out of BC, Philip Scrub, uh, out of Yale. And Tyson Hinza, a second-year player who was actually the CIS Player of the Year. Uh, tell us, though, local kid here, Philip Scrub, uh, went to Yale High School. How great he, was this I think, player? I think he went to Vancouver College. Oh, Vancouver College. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. us about this player here. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he, he and his brother went to Vancouver College. His dad's actually the coach of the senior team this year, um, Lloyd Scrub. And... Um, Getting Phil, I mean, we we were we were just really fortunate in, in terms of a couple of things. He he was uh, their family is very close to uh, a player who played in our club system, so I got wind of him through through them. Um, I saw I saw Phil play for the, at the uh, junior nationals in uh, in PEI when my assistant was coaching the Ontario team, and actually a good friend of mine lives sort of a, a block away, a guy who lived in Ottawa lives a block away from the Scrubs, and his daughters uh, swam competitively with, uh, with the Scrubs. So I got a good feel for, for what their, the family was about and what, uh, what the kids were about, and everything I heard was just so positive. And, and uh, so we made a huge effort, even though it's a, it's a real push for a kid to come all the way to, to Ottawa from, from B.C. And, you know, it's, it was just a credit to... to the kids and, and and their family. I mean, uh, uh, it was they're they're special kids. I mean, I, there's not much more I can say. I mean, everybody talks about kids who are are special. I, I, it's their their maturity level at their age is is just incredible. Uh, and I, I I mean, from a basketball standpoint, I can't say enough about both of them. I mean, obviously Phil Phil's a little more advanced, but Tommy has a chance to be very special too. But uh, but. It's not even close to what they're like as people. I, I, they're very quiet kids, but they're tough kids, and and uh, you know they're they're extremely honest kids and hardworking. I I don't know what else to say about them. I mean, they're just really really good kids, and and it's it's just a cliche. Everybody says this about so many people. 
it's they're, they're a notch above anybody that that you could you could think about. It's kind of like when people talk to me about how hard their kid works compared to Oswaldo Johnny, and I say, please, like, I mean, I've coached this game for 25 years, and I've coached kids like Aaron Garnicamp and Rob Saunders who are crazy in terms of how hard they work, but it's it's hard to compare to Oswaldo Johnny from the time he was 13 to the time he's going to stop playing basketball, how hard he works. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with these kids. Like, they're really special kids. Uh, and, and, Coach, so basically you're telling me if that family friend doesn't live a block away, you might not get him? No, no, but I, I, no, it's not. So I don't know so much as he he helped in the recruiting process. Yeah. He just he helped in, you know. I had heard about them. I knew they could play, and but I but I mean, you get so much information, and like I said, everybody says everybody's a good kid, and everybody yeah. says everybody's everybody's got a check, great upside, like in terms of their character. But until you get it from someone who is outside the basketball world and you trust. It's right. you know I, I'm I'm very careful what type of kid I bring into my program and I mean the things I heard from their neighbor in terms of them he didn't help with the recruiting as much as he helped me make a conscious decision that this was these were two kids that I was gonna that I really wanted in our program right beautiful uh, coach uh, well bad for well we'll move on <laughs> uh, coach uh, last couple questions here thanks so much for doing this um I just with the philosophy again. Um, with the kid who you see, you mentioned, you know, if you're not good at it, you just have to admit it to yourself. So if you see a kid who's not good at rebounding, but he's good at, say, three-point shooting and playing in the backcourt, do you just focus on the strengths of that, or do you still try to make him an all-around player, if you understand Well, the I mean, obviously, obviously you have to – there's certain things that you got to take care of on the basketball court to win basketball games. And, you know, I, I think when, when they – there's certain things that anyone can do and anyone can work at to, to do. I think rebounding – rebounding is – Obviously, there's advantages if you're big and you're athletic and you've got great hands, but you can still be a very good rebounder and be very effective from a team perspective rebounding if you're tough, if you're not afraid of contact, and and if you're relentless. And you know those are all things that that anyone can do if they want to do it. And if they don't want to do it, then you know they they better be very talented. And if they if they're not really really like gifted, then those are things that they have to do, and if they'll do them, they're, they're going to get opportunities to play. And, you know, obviously you, you focus at the offensive end in terms of uh, getting people shots where they're comfortable shooting and things like that. But And, and on the defensive end, you try, to, you try to not put them into situations where it's people can just sort of not so much go by them, but just shoot over them or, or put them in a post situation where you have to help so early that it kills your team defense. But I, I think there's things you can do to to uh, be effective just through toughness, hard work, and, and relentlessness. Right. Um, and, Coach, uh, last question here. Uh, congratulations, of course, on the championship, but your thoughts on this uh, UBC basketball team. You obviously didn't get to play them in the playoffs this year, but I'm sure you did scout them out. Your thoughts on this Thunderbird team, and we're still a little uh, surprised over what happened in the tournament there. Well, I mean, I, I said this to you in, in Halifax. I, 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 I thought they were the best team all year and until the last weekend, and and that doesn't mean they're not the most talented team and and not the best team throughout the entire year. They 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 had they struggled a little bit Saturday night and lost by two points. It's not it's not like they had a bad year. I mean, I I, I don't even want to talk necessarily about their team this year. It's more their program in general. It's it's just incredible what they have done, and I, 
and I know that people sort of say, well, uh, why do you say that? And I, well, I say it because I, I look at all the other teams in this country, and I look at their program over the last 10 to 12 years, and it's it's incredible, the the, the record that they've had over that time. And uh, I, I, I've been there. I've won, and I've lost. And winning three games in three days is tough. And on top of being tough, you have to get some breaks. And we've got some breaks. You know, we, we, we've, we've also lost three times in, in the Nationals over, over the last 10 years. And, you know, one of those losses to Acadia in double overtime by two, that was maybe the, the best team we've ever had. You know, it's certainly one of the top two teams we've ever had. We were undefeated. And, you know, probably the, the best, if not the best, the second best team we've we've ever had a come. But they didn't win a national championship, so I, I just think it's incredible the numbers they've put together, and you know I think it's incredible the job they've done there and that staff has done there and and the, the talent they have there. And, and uh, we, we've we've been fortunate that we've only had to play them once at the national championship because I, I think if we if we had to have played them more than once in the national championship, we probably wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't have the number of national championships we had. One, I mean, for example, one year we we went there and and we were a very good basketball team, but Aaron Aaron Dornicamp broke his foot two weeks before the nationals, so we went without maybe not our best player, but certainly our second best player, and certainly one of the six best players in the country. And you know, we we got a we got a draw where we played UQAM in the first round, and they were the first uh, first team time being there, and they were a little tight. We got by by three or four, and then. Cape Breton beat UBC, and if Cape Breton don't beat UBC, we're, there's no way we're beating UBC without without Aaron Dorrigan. They just had too many weapons. But, you know, Cape Breton weren't as deep. They they could put one one game together to, to win it, and we got fortunate enough that we got him on the second night, and Osvaldo basically won us a game. You know, I, like, just took over a tournament. But one guy couldn't have taken over a tournament against UBC. It just it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, I just... I, I I hear all the rumblings about well they don't they don't win the big one well sometimes it's just bad luck I mean it's three games in three days it's not we're not talking about playing Saturday then waiting a week and playing Saturday and waiting a week and playing Saturday and to be very frank three games in three days is not the like it, it doesn't go to to uh, Kevin is an unbelievable recruiter an unbelievable coach but to me he is the best game prep guy in our country, and I think if we they played Saturday, then Saturday, then Saturday, he would have a huge advantage over every team in the country. I, I think it's an advantage to everybody else that we play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so we only have, you know, 22 hours to prepare. Right. Because I, I do think as, as much as he is obviously does a great job recruiting, does a great job developing the kids, the, the thing he does better than anyone is game prep. I mean, they... They, they, we beat them in the nationals the one year, and the other time we we played them another time in uh, in UVic when we were uh, we were in the midst of our regular season and playoff streak, and they beat us, and they 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 wouldn't have been within we would have been 15 points better than them, but he had a week to prepare, and and they were way way more prepared than we were, and, and I mean it was a Christmas tournament, but they were still incredibly prepared, and I, I think you know three games in three days. It's hard, it's, sometimes it's hard to be as prepared as you would be if you were playing once a week. 
Right. Dave Spar with us right now, uh, head coach of the Carlton Ravens, who just won their seventh national championship in nine years. Coach, thanks so much for doing this today. I do appreciate it very much so. No problem. I, I, I appreciate you having me up. Yeah, and I uh, hope to see you down there next year. And i got to tell you, Coach, I'm really hoping for that one UBC title, but what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, unfortunately, we, we, i, I got my, my, uh, my allegiance is uh, with, with our school in Ottawa, but uh, I certainly have the utmost respect for what they do and how good they are. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Coach. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. All right, that was Dave Swart. That was uh, great to have him on there, head coach of the Carlton Ravens. We're going to take a break. When we're back, assistant coach for UBC. We're going to stay on this basketball team, Vern Knopp. I love that guy. He's going to be with us. You'll see, too. 101.9 FM. Become a friend of CITR and receive great discounts at businesses around Vancouver. Your friends of CITR card will net you discounts on Commercial Drive at Audio Pile, Bone Rattle Music, High Life Records, and the People's Co-op Bookstore. You'll also save online at Band March Canada and Big Mama. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or visit us online at citr.ca. Uh, welcome, everybody, back to Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM CITR Radio. Vern Knopp with us. Vern, this is my Halifax post-cold, just so you know here. Okay, no problem. But, uh, Vern, uh, how you doing today? Uh, you know, doing, doing uh, as good as can be expected. Um, you know, we just obviously got back from Halifax uh, yesterday late afternoon and, uh, you know, kind of saw the players for... You know, kind of a last road trip for a few of them um, that will never go on again. So, uh, you know, it was a little tough uh, leaving the airport yesterday, but uh, you know, as the days go by, it kind of gets a little, a little easier. I mean, you never really get over the games, but uh, you know, it, uh, with time, everything kind of gets a little easier to deal with. Uh, Vern, uh, you know, really looking back a few days now, what happened in that loss to Trinity? Um, you know, I. I it just, you know, I just heard Coach Smart talk on your show, and and really, we just we just didn't really we came out cold, um, you know. Even though we got even when we went on our run and we got up sixteen, we still were struggling. Like we could, we we had we missed some shots we normally hit. Uh, I don't know how many layups we missed inside, and you know we just uh, a lot of guys with the foul trouble we were in. They sat a lot in the first half, and and uh, they just seemed to like a guy like Brent Malish when he came in just didn't seem couldn't seem to get into a rhythm. Um, you know, we just didn't get any breaks. I mean, with all that said, as, as bad as poorly as we played, we still you know we lost on a really last second shot and lost by two. Um, you know, just kind of uh, a little bit unlucky, maybe. Uh, Vern, did, when did it was it the start of the third quarter, or really was it the whole game? The team just didn't feel very right. The whole game, like even it was weird. Even when we were going on our run, it just didn't seem like we still seemed to struggle we you know we'd get a couple stops but then we'd give up an offensive rebound that they you know they'd get it they'd put it back or we you know we were up 16 i think we had three uh, we or we were up close to 16 and we had three trips where we just had wide open threes where we didn't where we just didn't finish teams off and you know i re, you know i really thought that had we got it up to 20 the game would have been over like you could just see that i felt the Trinity guys were kind of hanging their heads but they just their offensive rebounding and, and us just missing open open shots and open layups um, 
really seemed to affect us, and we just we just didn't seem to be able to put them away when we had the chance. Uh, Josh White's open foot, uh, broken foot, three for fifteen shooting. Um, how hurt was this guy, uh, Vern? It was really hard for me to call the game. I it had leaked to me, um, not through anybody I was rooming with that Josh White had that broken foot. Just so you know, but I didn't know about it. I, I overheard somebody say it, and I knew I wasn't supposed to have heard it. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I didn't say anything during the broadcast, but I knew. I knew he had that broken foot. Um, it was so it was hard to call that way. How how much did that affect him? And is that another thing you look back and say, "What if?" You know? Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It affected him hugely. Um, you know, it was a stress fracture where we think it might have. Yeah, we think he actually played on it in in Canada West Final Four, the two games, because he said it had been bothering him for a while. Um, he got X-rays. He got it all checked out. And there was a stress fracture, but they felt to the point where it wasn't going to get it wasn't going to get any worse, and that he could play. Um, you know, obviously he took he didn't practice the week up to it. Um, played Friday Friday night and played very well, and and then it just seemed to get swelled up to him on, uh, swelled up overnight. Um, but he you know he, he wasn't putting any pressure on. He just iced it, stayed off it as much as possible. And then on Saturday, um, it just you know he. He tried to suck it up and, and was trying to play, but but you knew it was bothering him. He was really trying, you know, he was favoring it coming off his, you know, anytime he was landing or anything like that. And, um, you know, apparently I, I wasn't aware of it until after the game, but apparently it swelled up quite quite uh, pretty bad the night before. But uh, Josh made the decision that uh, he was going to play, and uh, there was, like he said, he goes, he's got the rest rest of his uh, life to heal. But it was to the point where they, he couldn't do any serious damage to it, I think is what what we had heard from the doctors and everything. So, um, you know, it was one of the, you know, I have so much respect for the kid because uh, he really gutted one out. A lot of people probably wouldn't have played. And quite honestly, after our, after hearing and seeing it after Saturday night's game, you know, had we even got to the finals, I, I'm not sure if he would have been able to play on it. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. You heard, you know, heard uh, uh, Coach Smart talk about uh, Aaron Dornkamp uh, when, when, he had, when he had broken his uh, ankle two weeks before Nationals. And, you know, really, it's the third third year in a row now. Josh has gone into Canada West Finals or, or Nationals with with uh, some kind of uh, ankle injury or broken bone in his foot or something. It's happened the last two national championships finals. He never practiced up to it because he was always uh, always hurt. Um, Graham Bath. Uh, I know you can't insult the referees here, Vern, but uh, five fouls in four minutes. Uh, I was critical of him. If that means anything to you. Well, I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, their their posts are. are Playing just as physical, if not more, and, and playing playing 39, 40 minutes, and they're ending the game with two, three fouls. Graham is one of the definitely one of the most physical players in not just Canada West, but in the country. And I just think sometimes he just it, it just doesn't he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Um, you know, he's not he's not a dirty player, cheap cheap player. He, he's just physically aggressive. And you look at you look at his body type. He's bigger than almost all his opponents. Maybe not height wise. But in girth and, and in thickness, and I think just because he's stronger than the guy, I think he gets uh, he that he doesn't get the same uh, respect that he deserves. And uh, you know, he's a guy that when when he's allowed to play physical, and, and that's what we expect of him. Um, you know, he, he's a good asset guy. He makes it tough for guys to get rebounds and and loose balls. And for whatever reason, it just didn't seem uh, that they were willing to give him that chance to to show what he could do. Uh, yeah, just so you know, Vern, there was a Trinity Western player who agreed with me that a, a prominent player who agreed with me that uh, Graham Bath got screw jobbed in that game. So I don't know if that means yeah, anything. Well, that seemed to be the popular belief amongst uh, fans and, and other people you talk to. But you know, that's 
everybody has a different opinion of yeah. it, and uh, you know, I just feel I just feel really bad for Graham because uh, it doesn't matter what I think, but I just feel that you know he plays hard. He comes to he's one of the hardest workers in practice all the time. Plays physical. Um, yeah, you just feel for the kid because it's a semifinal game with a chance to go to the national championships, and it's on national TV, and and he just wasn't able to able to play. Um, I don't know what to say. I just feel really bad for yeah. for for Graham. Uh, Doug Plum in your game. I spoke with him afterwards, uh, even on the Sunday night. Just dumbfounded over his performance. Zero for six shooting in twenty seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It was kind of surprising because he, he was he, he pretty much was our best player on on the Friday game. Um, it was just one of those things we just had it. it was, honestly, we just had an off night. Um, it happens. We didn't play. We you know we had our moments on Friday where I thought we played really well, but we you know we struggled a little bit out of the gate there then too. Um, but you know offensive rebounding, especially from Kamar Burke, really helped us get us going in that Friday game as well as Doug. And you know he had a rough night. Brent Malish had an off night. Josh White had an off night. Alex had a great first half for us, kept us in it, uh, got us the lead. Um, and then he kind of went cold down the stretch. It was just, you know, we've always had those one or two guys always stepping up and producing. And it was just one of those nights where everybody went cold. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to give credit to Trinity Western. They, yeah. they kept plugging away. They, they did a lot of damage on the, offensive re- on the offensive boards that really kept them in the game and even late in the game. And then Kyle Costin just... Uh, you know, had a great game, played really well for them. He was their best player on Friday night. And then again on Saturday, you know, he stepped up and he hit that big game winner. And, uh, you know, you got to give your got, got to give your due to uh, Trinity Western for uh, playing as hard as they did. And, Vern, I just, the stat, when I look at it, that really shocks me that you would only score 72. You only turned it over nine times. That wasn't the issue. Yeah, no, it was just, honestly, it was just, just cold shooting. I mean, we're 20, I don't know, like, 16, 20 points behind our, our average, and um, you know we watched the game. We had open looks, we had open layups. They just uh, just didn't seem to fall. You know, maybe it was something with that that hoop that day in, in that day because Turney was having the same problem in the first half. Um, you know, their shooting percentage wasn't great either, and then in the second half, it just kind of uh, role reversal. Maybe it had something to do with that side. The basketball gods weren't with us. You know, who knows? It was just uh, it was just a game where we just we just couldn't get on a roll. Uh, Vern, I got to ask this question. It is hard. Where does this loss rank? You know, you've been to all these nine trips to nationals, or eight trips uh, to nationals. It's, it's, I don't know. It's really hard to compare them. I think, you know, the last time, you know, the last time we lost in the first round in Ottawa was was really, you know, getting over that first game hump was a big deal. But you know, it, it's tough. But any time you lose a national championship final, it's it's not easy. The last two years have been really crushing blows. Um, you know, I just like I said after your show, uh, after the game on your show, I just I just feel really bad for for the fifth year guys, especially uh, you know Josh, uh, Brent, and and Alex. They put their heart and soul into every last three to five years with us, and and you know I've just felt they des- they deserved a better a better fate. But uh, you know life life goes on, and you know one one day these guys will realize that there are more important things in life than than a basketball game. But uh, yeah, they all hurt. Um, I. Yeah, they all hurt. I can't. I can't pick one over the other. Yeah. Did Did you uh, take any salt? You know, anything from what Coach Dave Smart said? If you listened to that interview before. Oh yeah. You know, what do you say about their program? I mean, they're the envy of every program in the country. I think um, you know what Coach Hanson, since he's come on board now in eleven years, what he's done to, at UBC has been 
has been absolutely amazing. I mean, I've, I've been there firsthand to, to see it from what the work and him and Randy do. Um, you know, it, it's it's pretty, you know, you, with Dave Smart winning all these championships, he, he really is a, a pretty humble coach. But, uh, you know, to hear him say, well, you need to get breaks, yeah, that, that's true. But, um, you know, they, I just like, you know, he really just dedicates what their success to having talented players and, and working incredibly hard and, and you watch them play. They they are they almost never get outworked. Um, they just they weren't very big this year. A lot of teams thought they're going to be able to beat them up inside because of the lack of height, and and they just come out come out at you, and they don't you know they don't care how big or how strong you are. They just come at it, and they work they work incredibly hard for forty minutes, and uh, you have to play at their intensity for forty minutes. And I think Turney got a lot got got. Uh, you know, got a dose of that on the championship game on Sunday with the previous teams have gone through in the past. We learned two years ago when we lost to Carlton, our work ethic wasn't as good as theirs, and we just said you have to be mentally and physically strong, stronger than them. Like uh, like Coach had said, they play like pit bulls with a pit bull mentality, and you have to have that to beat those guys. Uh, Vern, um, obviously, you know, you praise these guys, Josh White, Alex Murphy, Brent Mouse. You did that with us all weekend and really all the second half of the year on this show. Um, as good, if not the best senior class ever come out of the school that you've been well, with? Um, well, I, I, if you go by the number, if you just go by the numbers, absolutely. Um, you know, probably most wins in UBC career, most, um, you know, they won two Canada West championships, nationals five times in a row. Um yeah, I mean, I, there's been a lot of very talented players, fifth-year players. Um, you know, when Kyle Russell left, Casey Archibald, Chris Dick, to name a few. Um, yeah, the three of them have been through a lot, especially the last three years since Josh has been there. Um, you know, I hate comparing players from different eras, but, uh, you know, if they're not the best three, then they're definitely right up there. Right on. And, Vern, uh, next year uh, might be the last kick at this can. We find out in about a month when we find out if you're going uh, NCAA or not. Uh, I guess we leave that for another day, but it basically you might have to put all your eggs into one basket next year, hey? It might be well, that way. I mean, we've we've always taken the approach since I've been with Coach Hanson that uh, you know what, let's not let's never now never look down the road. Let's you know put all our eggs in our basket every single year. Um, you know, we got a bunch of good, really talented returning players coming. We're pretty excited about some of the high school players that are coming in. Um, you know, we're not rebuilding. We're going to reload, and uh, we're going to take a, no question. Our, the goal is to take another run at it uh, next year and get this thing done. I mean, a lot of people you know, I've been hearing for the last few years when when Kyle Russell left and Casey Archibald left and Chris Dick left, well, who's going to be the next guy? Now it's, well, Josh White and Alex Murphy are gone. Who's going to be the next guy? It just seems like some someone's going to step up, whether it's Nathan Yu, Doug Plum, um, whomever. You know, let's just get get at it, but get back at it for next year, and uh, you know, maybe some teams may take it lightly, and uh, and you know, we'll maybe sneak up on a few teams. With that said, let's just you know, let's just go out and uh, win, and get get our championship. Uh, Vern, I do have to ask just a personal question here. What I've been about me, I need some feedback. Uh, I've heard from some people I was a little too much of a homer on the weekend. Have Have you heard anything uh, about you know that? What? I I the, the I heard the broadcast from what I heard. Everybody thought it was great. Um, <laughs> I also heard through other people that because you guys were close to the Trinity bench that I thought maybe they, a couple of them or their coaching staff might have called you a homer. But you know what? You've been doing UBC games for so long. You get, you're get you emotionally invested. You get to know the players, the coaching staff. You know the program. Like I said, you're emotionally invested. You get excited during a basketball game. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I've heard other broadcasts where they're homers themselves. 
I wouldn't call you Homer. You just get excited about <laughs> basketball, and and you're excited about UBC basketball. So I I got no complaints, and I haven't heard any other people as far as friends and family that have been listening to it for me. They said the feedback's always been pretty good, other than the sound of my voice after uh, after the game on Friday. <laughs> thread after Canada West games and whatnot. Yeah, I, I do have to say, is the, the Trinity players, they told me their parents, just the ones that I spoke to, uh, Calvin Westbrook in particular, said their parents, um, they thought I was a homer, but they knew what they were getting when they tuned in. But to be honest, I think everybody was just happy we were there because we were the only live feed, eh? So. Well, and that's why I said if teams are going to complain, well, tell Trinity to bring their own radio station <laughs> there. So, um, you know, that's exactly a plus. You guys were the only live feed with uh, with you know I heard there was some internet the internet pictures weren't weren't going great back at home, um, and also with TSN being ridiculous and having the games taped delayed I thought was absolutely atrocious, um, and you know so uh, you know for you guys to go out fly all the way out there and to do the games live I thought uh, people should be really thankful for that. <laughs> Vern, you were awesome with us this year, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. You were great, and uh, thank you so much for everything you did with the Final Four and coming on for all those interviews. You never turned us – actually, you read, you forgot about us a few times. Yeah, I guess the <laughs> halftime thing always kind of – I forget to come up there sometimes. Uh, you know, I've always, I'm so used to doing the pregame, and then when we switched, when Randy and I switched, I was always uh, forgetting to come in. It was definitely never done intentionally. I <laughs> uh, always love being on your show and uh, doing the interviews after the game and doing the Final Four the last three weekends with you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just yeah. been an awesome time, and uh, – Hopefully uh, we can do it again next year. Awesome. Thanks. So Vern will be back next year. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, Vern. Um, it was a great season. Just didn't end how we wanted it, eh? No, it didn't. Uh, awesome. It didn't, but uh, we'll be back at it again next year. There you go. Thanks, Vern. Thank you. All right, that was Vern Knopp, assistant coach for UBC. Uh, love having him on. Always uh, really the best friend, I could say, of this show. Um, oh, we heard that. If he did. Ah, oh, boy. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a break. When we're back, uh, my other color commentator on the weekend, we had Kyle Russell on at the top. We're now going to have Jordan Yu, uh, former player for the UBC Thunderbirds, now coaches Capilano University, also used to assistant coach for UBC, uh, Jay White. Uh, is going to be with us after the break, and then that's uh, out with us. All right, you're listening to 101.9 FM. Become a friend of CITR and receive great discounts at businesses around Vancouver. Your friends of CITR card will net you discounts on Commercial Drive at Audio Pile, Bone Rattle Music, High Life Records, and the People's Co-op Bookstore. You'll also save online at Band March Canada and Big Mama. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or visit us online at citr.ca. Welcome back to 101.9 FM CITR Radio. My voice is still not what it was before I left. Uh, Join us on the line, our other color commentator for the UBC Trinity Western game, J.Y. Jordan U, coach at Capilano University, former UBC player, uh, former UBC assistant coach's brother, plays on the team. J.Y., how we doing on the Tuesday after the loss on the weekend? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, A little busy right now. Um, on a bus right now heading to Niagara Falls with the Capilano University women's basketball team for their national championship. So um, I haven't, uh, haven't been able to get home yet and 
really gather all my thoughts or anything yet, but uh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> JY, uh, how was it to be a color commentator with as much as you were, you know, with this UBC team? How how hard was that? Um, I mean, well, I'm pretty familiar with the team. Yeah. Uh, familiar with the coaching staff, um, the system they run, um, just the whole program in general. So uh, I felt very comfortable being there. Um, obviously, UBC is is great, and Kev's done a great job of making any alumni or any player that's played there feel like family, and it is truly a family there at UBC, so I felt uh, very comfortable doing it and very happy and uh, privileged to do it, actually. But was it hard to actually call the game how tough it was, you know? <laughs> well, you know, when things are going good, it's just pretty easy, uh, but obviously in that, that semifinal game, uh, last, last five minutes, I'm not going to lie, I kind of froze up. I was uh, I have a lot invested in UBC and uh, obviously my, my brother's also playing on the team and uh, things got a little tense. <laughs> yeah, Jay, the the clip is uh, after Carson hit the three uh, to put Trinity up by one. You, me, and Kyle, we all went silent actually for about five seconds there, and then you suddenly your voice just came up and you just heard you go, ugh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a devastating three for any UBC fan or uh, UBC player or coach. Um, it was a big shot. Uh, it just uh, it was one of those things where, you know, we fought so hard to get back in that game after uh, that really crappy third quarter, and uh, it was just it was a uh, it was an emotional ride, and that was uh, the, the brunt of it. It was just not a good ending for us. Uh, JY, your thoughts? What happened to UBC in that basketball game? Well, um, you know, it, it was kind of a weird game. Um, UBC didn't hold anything back. They, they came out firing. They just missed a whole bunch of layups to start the game. And it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, and I thought they played a solid first half uh, defensively. Obviously, that first quarter was great. Um, and uh, we had a good lead going into halftime. And then coming into the second half, I don't know what happened, but, again, the same of more of, the, uh, more of what happened in the first quarter. It just couldn't hit a layup for the life of us. And um, what Trinity went on an 11-0 run, I think. And, um, yeah, it was just back and forth from then on once the game got close. Um, I, honestly, it was a game really of, of who was going to hit their layoffs. Mm-hmm. And it was as simple as that. It was uh, they both know each other very well. Um, it was just a matter of who's going to hit more shots that game. It was uh, still lost for words in that game. Yeah, Jay, does it make it harder, JY, that Trinity won, and it seems that besides Kyle Costin and actually Calvin Westbrook played pretty well, that really Trinity didn't even have that good of a game. That makes it kind of worse, doesn't it, eh? Well, that Trinity didn't have a good of a game. Yeah, it seemed like they didn't. Even, they didn't play great. It seemed Trinity Western in that game. Yeah, neither team played uh, played great. Um, but you got to give them credit. They oh, yeah. did. They did hit some big shots down the stretch of the game. Uh, and that's basically what it came down to. Um, I mean, obviously, it wasn't UBC's strongest effort uh, by any means. Um, but yeah, that's just that's that's the way sport goes sometimes. I mean, um, yeah, once you get to that national championship, um, you can't take any team as an underdog. Uh, I know that from my experience, at least. And uh, anything can happen. That's what makes sport sport, and that's what's so great about it. Uh, back to uh, the game, though, Jay. I just gotta stay with it. Uh, and and Vernop was on with us just through the break, and he basically said it. 
it, UBC, they didn't seem right that whole game, hey? Like, Well, no. Um, you know, uh, Josh was injured, I'm pretty yeah. sure, to the whole thing. Um, we, we, uh, he yeah. wasn't the same player that I've seen in, in, in this year, at least. We've been able. Uh, we we know about. We've been able to talk about the broken foot. So, okay. So he had a stress fracture in his foot. Yeah, and uh, he definitely wasn't the same player that. Uh, well, you saw this year at least, and we all saw this year. Um, that might have played played a little factor into it. Um, you know, it, I, you know, it, it's it's one game, and that's that's what's so great about sport. And I have to repeat that is because uh, that anything can happen once you get there. Um, UBC didn't have a great game, but that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, your brother Nate, uh, 14 points in the game in 21 minutes. Might have been UBC's, him and Kamar Burke probably were their best players in the second half. Uh, does Nate, is he taking any solace in that or, or no? No, Nathan was, uh, he was devastated after the game. Um, probably spent uh, a good half an hour consoling him with the family. Uh, whole family was out and uh, I mean, uh, that whole team, everyone wanted it just as much, coaching staff, players included, and uh, it was a pretty devastating loss considering they, uh, I thought they beat Trinity pretty handily the two times we played them this year. Um, Kamar Burke had uh, another great game. Um, again, uh, that's just what UBC does. Uh, when other players are struggling, uh, they can always look down their bench and find someone to, to provide some quality minutes. Um, so, I mean, it's been done many times this year with Nathan and, and Kamar, and so um, it, it's kind of expected. Um, they know the role they have, uh, Nathan at least, coming off the bench, uh, and he's going to watch the game from the bench and see where it's slacking and, and provide uh, quality minutes and produce where, where, where it's needed. Yeah. Um, your brother, is he ready for the role next year? People are saying he will definitely be starting. Um, he could be one of the go-to guys, if not the go-to guy on this basketball team. Is your brother ready for that role, JY? Uh, he's getting there. I mean, obviously we saw signs of it this year. Um, me and Randy did have a long talk uh, at the dinner after the, the last game against Saskatchewan there, and uh, we were just talking about you know what, what Nathan needs to work on for next year, and uh, he still needs to get a lot stronger. Um, he still needs to um, be able to attack the rim a lot better. Um, his jump shot will always be there. Uh, again, he's he's one of the quickest players in the league. Um, that's not going to be a problem. Uh, but there's there's areas that he does need to improve. Um, just like everyone. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's one person in CIS that doesn't need to improve on something if they want to play at the next level, play pro. So, um, yeah. Uh, he, he'll be ready, and he's going to put in some work this summer, and uh, we're going to work hard uh, to get him there. Uh, JY, uh, sticking with next year, UBC, uh, you're one of the guys to ask because you were a point guard on this basketball team for a few years. UBC losing Josh White and Alex Murphy. They're two point guards that get a lot of minutes. Um, there might not be that guy to step into that role next year. There probably isn't. Your brother has already told me on the show he doesn't want that job. Uh, <laughs> it is. What's that? Yeah, it's the toughest job, uh, I think, in the CIS is playing point guard at UBC. Having uh, Randy Knorr and Kevin Hansen as your coach, um, but it's a most rewarding job as well. Uh, you learn a lot from those two guys, and um, yeah, they're 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 in need of a point guard, 
that's that's a definite. Uh, but I'm sure over the summertime, uh, I'm sure they're working on it as we speak, um, trying to find someone to come in for next year and provide some some good minutes at the, at the point guard spot. Can you be, um, can you be can you be can you be succeed if they don't get that point guard though, who's a star? Uh, it'll be tough, especially uh, with the systems they run. You you need a good point guard. Um, they love transition game. Uh, they love coming off ball screens, uh, and you need a great point guard for that. So, um, I mean, if they don't, I, I can see them having some troubles next year. But I'm very confident that uh, they will find someone to, to bring in. Uh, Jay, and I've been asking all the UBC guys on. Kyle Watson was on, Vern, and now yourself. Um, you know, you lost uh, three times in the first round of the National Championship Tournament, correct? That is... Or twice. You well, lost I lost twice as a player. One, you didn't make it there. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah... Exactly, twice as a player. Yeah. Um, where where, do, where does this loss rank? The Trinity Western loss in the Kevin Hansen era. Oh, that's that's tough to say. I mean, the reason why this one is so tough is because it's it's a team from Canada West, uh, a team from Vancouver, um, someone that they're going to be competing for recruits against, um, and it's a team they beat twice this year. Uh, that alone makes, I think, this one one of the worst ones in that I, I think they know they should have been in that final game. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's that's what, at least the way I see it. Um, obviously, my my fifth year when we went 20-0, and 0, um, losing that first game to Cape Breton, that was another tough one to swallow. Um you know, losing sucks no matter when you do it or how yeah. you do it, and uh, they all—it's—it's it's all hard. Um, I w- yeah, I don't know how to rank this one. Uh, it's definitely one of the top three, in my opinion. But uh, it, it's just tough because they've been to the finals two years in a row, and uh, this is—I thought—one of the best UBC teams uh, in history. Yeah, and um, I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't think that this team was going to do it this year, and. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I even after watching all the teams in the tournament, watching every game, I still think UBC was the best team in that tournament. They just had a really crappy half. <laughs> makes it all um, makes it harder, doesn't it? When you when you yeah. when you think that, hey, like it really does. And I mean, uh, you know, uh, you talk to the coaching staff afterwards, and. Um, you know, you can just tell that everyone wanted this one um, extremely bad. They've been there too many times, and you know, one of these days they are going to get it. I mean, you look at their record. I think it's like 120 and 14 in the last five or six years. Like, it's something ridiculous. They is one of the best programs in the country, and it's just tough coming up short every single year. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's hard in the heart. JY, does it put? We'll find out in a month and a bit here. This t- this program could be going NCAA after next year. They'll be CIS next year, but after next year, I mean, does that just put just all the pressure for next year? Like it'll just be crazy for next season if, uh, if they end up announcing well, that they're going. Well, no, I don't think so. No, I mean the the object of the of the game is winning at the end of the day, and that's what sports all about. And I think they put the same amount of emphasis on it year to year and I think every year that's the goal uh, I don't think there's any there should be any more pressure for them to win 
next year because they're going Division One. I. I mean, it would be great to win a CS championship and get to move on to NCAA after. Um, but, I mean, I don't think there should be any extra pressure put on them just because uh, they might be going NCAA. Uh, no. I, I, no, not me. I'm not going to put pressure on them. I'm Winning is the name of the game, and winning is not just about the Ws. It's how you do it, and they have a winning program, so they're already doing it. Awesome. JY with us. JY, I wish this could honestly... This was supposed to be a party show. I mean that. And uh, what else was yes. I supposed to do, hey? Uh, how was our feedback on the weekend? What did we get here? I, I hear I was a bit of a homer is what everybody's telling me. So. Well, hey, so you should be. You've been with them all year long. Um, I'm sure I sounded pretty uh, like a homer as well, uh, being all my alma mater and all. Um, uh, feedback, I, I hear it was great. Uh, people seem to enjoy it back home and... Uh, I haven't heard anything negative yet, so that's a good thing. Awesome, awesome. I, I, where I give it, and I give my station a ton of credit, how crazy was it? We were the only live feed that day, hey? Yeah, there's a little bit of pressure being my first uh, first game this year doing with you. So. Yeah, probably uh, the most listened game we've had in like 10 years, too, was that one, right? So. Uh, did you get the numbers back for how many people were listening? No, we don't get numbers here, but uh, I, I know uh, all the... All the Trinity people were listening. I have that one, so. Oh, so is that who's telling you you're a bit of a homer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle, okay. and Kyle Watson was telling me I was a homer. That jerk. <laughs> yeah. So what are you gonna do? Awesome, JY. Um, thank you very much for your help on the weekend. Very much appreciated. Hey, anytime, Wiener. Thank you for having me. And best of luck uh, to your women out there at Capilano University, and best of luck to your program too, JY. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, uh, that is going to be it for us. Um, it was supposed to be a party show. I'm sorry. Uh, it was all UBC basketball today. A uh, big, big thanks to uh, Dave Smart from uh, the Carleton Ravens University for coming on with us. Um, and I apologize for my voice. I'm doing the show with a head cold, so if you don't like it, screw off. Anyways, uh, that is it for us. Uh, big thanks to our guests. Kyle Watson mentioned Dave Smart. Vern Knopp, always on the show. Love Vern. Uh, best friend the show might have right there, that guy. And uh, Jordan Uke, JY. Okay, we are done. Uh, UBC men's basketball team never even talked about the Acadia win. I, I really do apologize on that one. They beat Acadia in the first round. Um, the big loss, of course, though, to Trinity Western in the semifinal, 74-72. Uh, they won the bronze versus Saskatchewan, but I don't know. They came there for gold. They came there for first, and ah, just didn't happen this particular year. Anyways, um, we're going to try to set up. Uh, we're having a little, uh, Mike with Flexure Head here. We're going to try to set up a little podcast for you uh, momentarily. Mike's uh, out today, but uh, we're just going to play a couple carts, uh, then we'll try to have that going for you. Okay, uh, that's it for... Thunderbird Eye uh, for this uh, Tuesday, March the 15th. Uh, Enjoy St. Patrick's Day on Sunday. Uh, Get drunk, wear green. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. CITR Radio and Sealed with a Kiss present Destroyer with special guests War on Drugs and Blackout Beach at the Commodore Ballroom. Thursday, March 17th, 2011. Dan Behar had to put out his masterpiece sooner or later. The Canadian singer-songwriter has wooed audiences since recording. We'll build them a golden bridge in 1995. Behar's ninth LP under the Destroyer moniker, Kaput, may be his most interesting.